0: This is the Tips for Lawyers podcast, where you will learn about the practical skills and mindset you need to be more productive, serve your clients better, add value to your firm and take your legal career to the next level. I'm Chris Hargraves and welcome to Tips for Lawyers podcast, episode number six. At least, I think it's episode number six. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, last episode, I said Tips for Lawyers episode number five at some point, I actually re-recorded over myself uh, to change it because I completely forgot what episode I was up to. Uh, To me, it stands out like a sore thumb. Hopefully, it didn't too much to you, but I'm pretty confident this is Tips for Lawyers, Episode 6. And today, we are going to talk about legalese. I'm doing this because all this week, all of my content on the site is about legalese. I'm having a bit of fun. We're just putting a bit of content up there, having a look at some of the old habits that people used to get into, the old writing styles, and in particular, just getting a bit of pleasure out of using more words rather than less, bigger words rather than shorter, and generally having a bit of a laugh. If you'd like to enter the Tips for Lawyers Legal ease competition, uh, you need to go to tipsforlawyers.com and find one of the Legal ease articles. They should all be on the front page, depending on how long into the future you're listening to this. Otherwise, you can just search for Legal ease. I'm sure you'll pick it up somewhere. And put in the longest, most convoluted, most ridiculous sentence that you can think of. I've said there in the first post on Legalese that I put on so far this week that I really want to have to read it three times in order to actually have it make any sense at all. If I ha- can understand it in the first reading, then I don't think you're really trying hard enough necessarily. So you really need to put some effort in, do a nice long sentence, tipsforlawyers.com, have a look at the legalese category there and give it your best shot. I'd like to see what you guys have to add to the conversation there. So legalese is a fascinating concept to me and today I've got eight tips to help you improve your legalese probably not quite what you're expecting. I imagine you're expecting me to talk about how legalese is bad and how we should never engage in legalese. But no, today I wanted to talk about how legalese is really good and all the ways that you can make sure you're getting the most out of your legalese endeavours. So let's get into it. Tip number one for improving your legalese. And this really involves making sure your clients and your colleagues know how clever you are. Really, legalese is about making sure you can talk to people using big words, lots of syllables, really long, complicated sentences, because building trust with your clients is important. I've written about that on the site. and I'll probably talk about it on the podcast at some point. Building trust is important. And think if you're a client and you get this really clever sounding letter, surely that's going to inspire trust. Because if your lawyer can use such big and convoluted words and sentences that really make no sense to you. They must be so smart. They must be so smart that you can absolutely entrust your legal matter to them. So my first tip is to make sure you're using the biggest, most complicated words. Get a thesaurus. Thesaurus are wonderful for this kind of thing, and use words that you've never even heard of. Ideally, use them right, but it doesn't matter because your clients won't understand them anyway. The Importance is not the meaning. The importance is the perception. If you can create a fantastic perception of expertise, then you're doing really well. You will build trust like nothing else. Clients who can't understand you will love you. Tip number two is to make sure you have an appreciation of just how expensive you are. Really, uh, the complexity and the way in which you write should get far and far harder as you get more senior. So, if you have a little charge-out rate of 50 or $75 or $100, you're probably not too practiced just yet and making sure you're incomprehensible. But as you get older and as your charge-out rate goes up, the more expensive you are, the more convoluted you need to be and the bigger words you need to use. Otherwise, people just won't think that they're paying for the right kind of lawyer. They won't think you've got the expertise because you're not using complicated enough language. After all, why did you go to law school for all those years if you can't use language that people can't understand. If you sound like a normal person, you're really not justifying your six or $700 an hour. How do I prove this? Well, look at tax lawyers. Tax lawyers, mergers and acquisitions, some of the really expensive law firms around the place, all of their best lawyers use language that's utterly incomprehensible, and that's because they are so expensive, their clients really need to have a good appreciation for that. And again, it comes back to trust. They've got to understand that if they're paying $800 an hour for your incomprehensible language, that you are, in fact, the best. And they can know this because they can't understand anything you ever talk about. The third thing to catch on to in your quest for improving your legal ease is to ensure that judges don't understand you either. Now, I know this sounds a little bit controversial, but I think really what you need to be aiming for if you're an advocate or you're arguing in front of a judge is to make sure that you speak for so long without pausing that, in fact, the judge has no earthly idea what your point was by the time you get to the end of the sentence. It's a little bit like reading one of those really, really long books where you get to the end and you can't actually remember what triggered the whole story in the first place. And so what you can do is speak for so long that the judge will be absolutely persuaded that you know what you're talking about because, He can't understand what you're on about. And if you are so superior to his intellect or her intellect that you can speak for ages and he or she not understand what you're talking about, then they will absolutely be persuaded. So all you need is a little punchline at the end to say, so, your honor, I think you should do X, Y and Z. And they'll latch onto that immediately because it was the one sentence they could understand. So make sure you're using legalese and also make sure you're using as much Latin as possible. Judges love Latin. Every now and again, I go to court, I just throw out some random Latin phrases like ultra vires or mutandis" or something like that. And judges really appreciate that. They just love it when people speak in Latin to them. So if you took that course at high school or at university and you've been wondering what you're going to do with it, throw it into your advocacy. Put it in your letter writing too if you want. It's good fun there. But... Absolutely use it in your advocacy because judges love Latin. As a general principle, and this is uh, really my fourth tip when it comes to legalese, you want to make sure that you're using longer sentences rather than shorter sentences. We've gotten in this habit and all these copywriters and various plain English legal writing people have decided that shorter sentences are easier to understand. We should be putting full stops. I don't agree with that at all. I think really what we should be doing is using as much of the word and and as many commas as humanly possible. And this is a great way of making sure that your sentences can contain multiple uh, themes and topics. Your sentences can actually go for entire paragraphs if you're really lucky, and we'll come back to paragraphs in a minute. But uh, really, making sure your sentences have a great Meaty substance to them so that again, people really have trouble distilling the meaning out of them. You might cover three or four completely distinct topics in the one sentence if you do really well, and that's a great way of impressing your clients and judges and other sides. And your bosses, in particular, will love it when you hand them a letter with a sentence that goes for half a page. So make sure that you use as long a sentence as you can, add conjunctions, add you know, various other use of. Bits and pieces that will help you make the sentence longer. The next one, and it comes on from this, I know I said to use commas, but really that's only a crutch. As you get more senior, I'm hoping you can avoid using any punctuation of any kind. You've seen it. Those great old deeds of trust and things like that, they go for pages and pages and there's no punctuation to be seen. All of the words line up. It's just wall of text after wall of text, page after page, and they are fantastic. Those are the documents on which the laws of our various countries have been based, not these newfangled things with paragraphs and numbers and punctuation and easy to understand. No, the common law and the law of the land that has developed over time has come out of those documents that are just word after word after word, no punctuation. So really, that's what you're aiming for. You're aiming to get to A stage where you don't need to use punctuation really at all. And that will help you achieve the first few goals we've been talking about as well. I did want to have a brief mention as my sixth tip of this new concept called plain English drafting. You've probably heard of it. You might have come across it in uni. It's really only a place for academics. You see academics and university lecturers and various other protagonists for this kind of thing seem to think that there's some benefit in people actually understanding what you're writing. And that's really where things come to a divergence between them and me. I think the most important thing is that people can't understand a single thing that you're saying or a single thing that you're writing at all. And all the tips that I've given so far have been designed to help you achieve that. For some reason, they seem to think that clarity is actually beneficial. And ultimately, I think that's a bit of a myth. Like I've said, if you want to build trust, if you want to be impressive, if you want to be persuasive, and if you want to help create documents that are really the foundation of our countries, then you need to be ensuring that you're as incomprehensible as possible. Because after all, how can you have a dispute about something if it's easy to understand? And I'm a litigator, so I really appreciate it when people draft things that nobody can understand because it means that there's always an argument for a different meaning. And that's fantastic. It's good for business as well as building trust and the other things I've spoken about. So don't worry too much. I mean, people like to talk about plain English drafting. It's a bit politically correct. But really, if you're serious about your career, you can ignore those things and make sure that you get on with your appreciation of legalese. Tip number seven, and it comes back to our earlier comments about sentence structure and things like that, is paragraphing. Now, I know paragraphing and numbers and bullet points are really popular these days for reasons that I can't actually figure out. And frankly, I I don't think they have any purpose at all. Like I said, there are so many benefits to having an incomprehensible document or an incomprehensible piece of oral advocacy that I can't see why anyone has even bothered doing paragraphing. Frankly, I think it's a bit of Microsoft just trying to get in there and help us use all their tools in different ways. I suspect they've infiltrated the legal profession a little bit and i think really your best bet is just to go for a big block wall of text like those great documents i spoke about before no paragraphs no numbers no semicolons with dot points under them or things like that they serve no purpose other than to bring clarity and like i've said clarity is overrated so make sure you're not using any of those tools designed to bring clarity to the document because at the end of the day if people can understand it they can understand the things you got wrong as well so make sure you're aiming those nice long meaty paragraphs to accompany your nice long meaty sentences final tip for today and really it's just so you have an understanding is you've paid a small fortune for your law degree or you're in the process of paying a small fortune for your law degree and frankly why did you do a law degree if you just wanted to sound like a normal person i mean normal people don't need to understand the law it's lawyers who need to understand the law If you want to build trust with your clients, you need to be as incomprehensible as possible. So don't go throwing all that money down the drain that you've spent on your legal education by not using the delightful language from 150 years ago that you've been reading about. Absolutely pack it in there. It doesn't matter if people use it now because, like I said, it doesn't matter if they understand what you write at all. Those are my tips for today. That's what I wanted to say about legalese. Just in case you didn't actually pick any of that up, uh, this was a sarcastic podcast. I was, uh, I was just going on the celebration of Legal Ease theme. I wanted to give you some interesting thoughts. And just in case anyone was prone to a few of the things I've spoken about, I do not in fact recommend anything I just said. Legal ease has a number of characteristics and it does creep in all the time. Some of those things are in fact inherent in what lawyers do. We are traditionally pretty bad at plain English drafting. But uh, hopefully, if you've listened to it, firstly, you got a little bit of a laugh. Maybe you found yourself nodding your head a couple of times. I wasn't actually trying to be persuasive, but I was just making some stuff up that sounded a little bit persuasive. This is my contribution in the podcast to my Legal Ease celebration on Tips for Lawyers. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find the notes and a few uh, bits and pieces for Legal Ease Week at tipsforlawyers.com slash episode 006 at least I hope that's right like I said and that's all I've got for today slightly shorter podcast for this time and I'll see you next time